Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the In the Can podcast this week. Um, this is going to be our main topic of the week. We did do what we've seen, what's coming out, all that on probably Tuesday. Uh, earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah earlier, earlier in the week. So if you want to see what we thought about the movie It and what James thought about Scott Pilgrim, go on watch, or listen to that. Uh, it should be the, the one directly below or above this episode. Should be hard to find. Yeah. You'd be surprised. People are dumb. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this week's main topic will be about cinematic slash serialized TV shows. Or TV shows that tell a story over the course of their entire run. Or in certain cases, over the t- over one season, and then change up the storyline. So basically, 99% of sitcoms will not be a part of this. No. No. <laughs> no as much as you think there's continuing story and break... Or, uh, Big Bang Theory. Or Friends. Everyone out there or Friends. There really isn't. There is the loosest definition of a continuing story in all of those. The only continuation is the fact that they're all older. Yep. They're all older and uh, they they have kids. And those slightly grow up. You know? Yep. With so. different actors. Don't ask. <laughs> but, yeah, so all sitcoms are out. Almost all cartoons are out. Um, at least American cartoons. Western, Western cartoons are out. Simpsons does not have a continuing story. Nope. Uh, other than them killing Maude Flanders, there's really not been much that has continued. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, back in like season five or six. It's been or like about Bleeding Hills Murphy. Yeah. Or uh, they even had to use the movie to kill off um, Dr. Nick. Oh, Nobody geez. remembers that one. That's right. They don't even remember that they were under a dome at one point. So oh, yeah. that's right. There was a movie, wasn't there? Yep. Yeah, the movie was I good. enjoyed the movie. The movie was good. The movie yeah. was, should have been the ending point, but that's not here. That's not here or yeah. there. So yeah, a lot of... Honestly, I'd almost say a lot of Western media in general seems to not be... Not I, want to do serialized. It wants to do, like, gag-a-week stuff, for, which I think is the biggest problem. The weirdest part for me, like, when I started listing it, HBO... Uh, AMC, Stars, Showtime, Netflix, Hulu, uh, Prime, Prime, all of those, almost everything on them has been serial. Showtime, uh, Cinemax, uh, and you're starting to get more and more as they realize that people actually want a continuing story. People want an over, they don't, they don't want a gag a week sort of thing. Yeah. And you get the shows that are definitely continuing stories, but also they kind of weird side quest where it's like like uh it's, supernatural big, that's the biggest one that comes to mind yeah. is where there is there is 100 percent an overarching story but i also think they can get away with it because due yeah. to the nature of what they do they hunt monsters it's kind of easy to have that monster of the week unlike say buffy or angel yeah. which kind of almost exclusively had a monster of the week yeah most yeah. Early Fringe, X-Files, just anything with detectives, Law and Order, CSI. They're all episodic. Yeah. Any of those, they are strictly episodic. Very CSI. Most of those have absolutely no storyline. I mean, it's not like you're looking at, like, West Wing or, for that matter, ER. Yeah. ER. Grey's uh, Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Those are soap operas. So they do actually have a continuation Grey's Anatomy is a hybrid has a continuing story, but there is never an episode where it pushes the story forward. Like, it is always just slight changes. So, like, Grey's Anatomy, 
ER scrubs. They're all truck or house is one yeah. that should have more comes to mind. Mash. They are medical episodic, but they have some storyline. Like Scrubs, it's a sitcom, sure, but it does have some story. It's more than most, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Suits is, to me, one of the best sitcoms. Suits also falls within that serialized episodic. So, now that we kind of eliminate all the stuff that yeah. isn't, right. now we're kind of jumping into what is. And does anyone have like a show that they must talk about? I've got a, a, like three of them that I really, really like to bring up. All right. I have a few. I mean, I have a list full of them. Yeah, same here. I've got a yeah. decent. I've actually got a decent list this week, and more that I just haven't thought of. Yeah. And yeah. So. I'm also going to take out things like Black Mirror, Nightmare and Dreamscapes, all of these that are. Hey, we're going to tell a different story every time. Yeah, because that's, that's very much they're cinematic. But other than the little ties that you get in some episodes of Black Mirror, there is no continuing story. Those are out. Which worked for it, but... Oh, yeah. It works perfect. That includes Sherlock as well. Yeah. They are a mystery that started and ended in the same episode. So Sherlock is out. Elementary is out. Definitely. So. Go on. Moving on. Right. So, anybody anybody want to start it off? Sure. So, like, uh, one of the first ones I'd like to bring up, and... I'm sure we've all. Se- I'm pretty sure we've all seen at least one episode or two of it. Uh, the newsroom. I have not. I I've seen okay. one thing. I've seen the rant in the beginning. That you've Devin seen the first me. scene. The first scene of the first. That's episode. That's how they started. Yep, that's the first scene of the first episode. <laughs> that's it. That's all I've that, seen. To me, it starts on a high note, stays pretty high, but it never quite hits that again. No. There's a few scenes later on where he goes off off on things. Yeah, but. I've seen all of uh, Newsroom. Yeah, same here. And in the same con- same vein, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And there's a few others like that. But the West Wing comes to mind as well. Uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote all yeah. of them. Okay, so what what attracts you to, news, to Newsroom so much? So for this one, the main characters all are very compelling and I want to know more about them. Uh, each one has their own individual story that they're kind of telling in each episode that is also helping to drive the main story along for the most part. Um, especially involving uh, Mac, um, Will, and why am I... Sam Waterston's character. I'm blinking on his name all of a sudden. I, I don't doesn't matter. Anyways, um, like, those guys, like, they're the ones who are, like, the heads of the show. Uh, for the the ten o'clock news hour, um, they're or eight o'clock news hour. They're like the big ones, and you follow them along, and each one is compelling. You want to know more about them. The show itself is constantly bringing up really good points, and it it, it showcases what I really would love to see, like real news to be about, and. When I've seen the news, watching it at home, that kind of thing, I see so much of the fluff pieces that are like, why, why, why is this a thing? Why are we reporting? Why on did this? the next door neighbor have two cats? It's oh, either it's mind. either fluff or it's something meant to fear monger and outrage. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, could you take this look of having guaranteed three sources, uh, knowing what you're talking about, bringing up a uh, 
a thing of having a service to the people. That doesn't bring in views, though. It's fair, but, like, it may not bring in views at first, but once people, like, catch on to the fact that you're not giving them a load of BS, and you're actually, like, giving them something to watch that's going to help them out in the long run, people will sit down and watch that. I know and agree, but unfortunately, try telling that to mass media. It doesn't, if it doesn't make, if it doesn't make a billion dollars within the first minute, it's not worth it to them. Again, fair, but I mean, like, the show itself, it brings up a lot of good points. It, it, it's Aaron Sorkin, so it's, like, fun to watch. Oh my god, I just realized, modern media is basically, if everyone is run, every single station is run by J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Every single that is that is what we live in nowadays. That and that makes me laugh and I sad. I want pictures of Tom Holland crying because of Spider Man. What? Okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> right. Screw Sony. No, screw Disney. I want pictures of Tom Holland. Yeah. Uh Jeff Daniels like knocks it out of the park yeah. every time he's on the screen. I just want to watch him He took it away in that rant that I did see. Yeah. That first scene, oh, yeah. is, he is amazing. I, that scene is one that I will always show people. The rest yeah. of the show is not for everybody. It's it's that very heady dialogue, lots of characters talking, mm-hmm. really fast-paced, rapid, you know, very, kind very of similar to... It's a better version of Mad Men. I like oh. Mad Men, but it's a better version of Mad Men. Um, it's very similar to the dialogue in Social Network. Kind of rapid fire, like, if you miss a line... It's not particularly important, but you feel like you've just missed some important detail in the thing. You know you've missed something. Yeah. yeah. And that's Aaron Sorkin. He's done it for Studio 68 and West Wing as well. And uh, Sports Night. If anyone really wants a good show about how they make a sports TV show, Sports Night was great. Studio 60 is how is behind. These are all behind the scenes, which I'm kind yeah. of realizing. Like behind the scenes at a sports TV show. Then he moved on to doing behind the scenes of the press secretary in West Wing, and then behind the scenes of a Saturday Night Live type weekly sketch show mm-hmm. with Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which is massively underrated. And then he went on to behind the scenes at like Newsweek Tonight in Newsroom. So Yeah. And Emily Mortimer, who plays uh, Mackenzie, um, which mm-hmm. is like the producer, she's the EP of the show. Um, she, every time, she just constantly shows how strong a character can be to, like, because Will is just a force to be reckoned with the Mm -hmm. entire time, right? Her character is just like, nope, you're going to come at me, I'm going to show you equal force, if not greater, every time. And I'm going to show you how much I can make you bend to my will. Haha, Will, because this character's name is Will. Anyways. (laughs) But yeah, no. It's funny. No, it is, but... And on top of that, like, they deep dive, like, some of the big issues. Like, there's, in season one, there's a big thing that comes up. Season two and season three, there's a big thing that comes up. The movie is actually set in, quote-unquote, the real world 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Because the big oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Yep, the BP oil spill. Is that the end of the first episode? Uh, That they reveal that that's what just happened? So I'm pretty sure it is. Something like that, the, the Deepwater Horizon stuff? I think so. There's some big event, and then for the next, like, six or seven episodes, they're starting to cover that and the misinformation around that. And then they kind of move into, like, the next Yeah, that, the thing. first episode is Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. Which yeah. probably helped them a lot because you're talking about past events. You're not trying yeah. to keep up with 
current stuff. And it's exactly. that realistic approach to what happens when you say that there are no, like there were no survivors and then they find survivors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or like when you misquote somebody. The moral quandaries. Yeah, yeah. All of that and like the, someone gets locked down for swearing on air, I believe was yeah. something like Something in that. And what does integrity mean for news? Yeah. 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 Another one that I really part, uh, one more thing that I want to bring up that, that I absolutely loved about the show is one of the things they brought up was the um, uh, nuclear power plant thing that took place in Japan. Oh, the Fukushima. Oh, Fukushima. Yeah, they actually have. That was a triple. That was a triple header of just yeah. no. Yeah, they had. Um, oh, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, give me one second. I don't know. Olivia why are you Mon- blanking on her name? Olivia Munn is the translator. Yeah, Olivia Munn. Yeah, she she's <laughs> she is the um, economic analyst yeah. for the station, and she's also the Japanese uh, translator. And she's asking the rep questions and then calling him out when he mistranslate or you know, when the or translator, when translator on their thing says something that's in English. And she goes, that's not what he said. And then starts going off in Japanese on an American TV show. Yeah. And like rapid like, fire. Whoa, whoa, no, you can't say that. We have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. And, and then she goes, can't you oh. call him out? That's like. That's crossing, this is crossing, like, a bunch of borders. Yeah, and then she finishes what she's saying in Japanese, and she goes, so what I said in English is this. And she goes, boom, 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 boom. And everybody on the show is just like... That's not what you said in our pre-interview, was the big thing. And it's all of, like, how do you get an interview? You do a pre-interview, so they know what you're going to ask, and that kind of thing. They go into the entire backstory of that. Yeah, it's, it's it's just incredibly well done, and it makes you really sit there and go, this is incredibly interesting how they do this kind of thing when they do it right. Yeah. So I also really enjoyed uh, Alison Pill and John Gall- John Gallagher Jr.'s characters. Dev Patel was fan- yeah. fantastic and to Dev watch. Patel that, so. so yeah, yeah, it's just a really well-rounded show, and I actually kind of forgot about it. It took me a while to remember that show when I was listening. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to go or? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll go. The f- now earlier we mentioned a lot of. Western cartoons don't really yeah don't really do the whole series thing, so that leaves very openly the Eastern cartoons, the anime, which nine times out of ten has a story has an overarching story to tell. There are definitely like gag a week shows, but very much they want to tell a story because the Japanese understand that animation is just another form of expression and actually treat it like an adult thing. Wow, isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's also a uh, a way of showing diverse cultures when you're a very uh, xenophobic culture. Very exactly. homogenous. <laughs> yeah. So the one the one I'm going to... Honestly, all the ones I'll be talking about will be these just because I think I watch more than either of you two. Yeah. But the one I'm going to start with is... It's titled Bacano. I've never got into Bacano. I started it, didn't get that far into it. Why? Out of curiosity. Just kind of got buried by other things. It was when I was cosplaying and going to a bunch of anime conventions. Mm-hmm. So I was watching, like, Death Note and Mir- or Mirai Nikki Code Geass and just, like, I was, like, jumping from different series. I can see yeah. why you wouldn't settle on Bakano. Yeah. That beginning bit's hard to get through. Yeah. 
But Bacano is it's apparently Italian for ruckus, which makes sense. It is a 16-episode anime adapted from a light novel. Okay. Here's the interesting bit about it, though. The anime focuses on three distinct storylines in three distinct times. Yeah. I am not... Okay. I am not making that up, and that's not an error. All three have their own build-up, and it cuts between in episode, between all of them. So what this sounds like to me is Cloud Atlas, the way they keep jumping back and forth between the different time periods and how they're all interconnected. Yeah, that's actually not a bad way of putting it. Okay, very cool. I can dig that. They toss you in. They immediately toss you <laughs> in. There is no... The first episode actually has, like, it, you're following... It's a guy who runs a newspaper. Okay. And his assistant talking about one of the timelines slash events. But then it goes... It does something really weird. It talks about, basically, who would be the main character of the story. Would it be this person, this person, this person? Or maybe it's us. To get you into the head that this is not your traditional, you're following a main character going through their story. Okay. You are following people who who happen to have pivotal points in a story that's constantly progressing. Interesting. Very. It is also gory. <laughs> that's it, what I've heard. The uh, uh, I will I will give you this spoiler <laughs> because it's not a spoiler since it's in the first six minutes, and boy did that shock me. You literally see a guy in a white suit point a shotgun at a kid's head, blow it right off. That what? was this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It. Don't know what I thought that was. It but... does not shy away from that because the the mo the the most the furthest along timeline is like in the forties. Okay. Or thirties or forties. It it is hardcore, like the like Al Capone. Okay. Okay. And that's actually something that makes it so interesting with the dub is the fact that they have realistic, like, Chicago accents. And it adds so much to the actual, to the dialogue, to the feel of it. You're looking like you're watching, like, those old, like, The Untouchables. Nice. I can dig that. You I can totally actually, dig that. Actually, Tom, you would probably love the hell out of this, out of this show. Okay. So, yeah, specifically the dub. Bacano. It's spelled weird. It's B A C C A N O! Exclamation point. Exclamation point important. Yeah. It is. It is actually important. But it's what I love so much about it is that it's very non-traditional in it, and that it takes three points and timelines that don't at all seem connected, and then by the end of it, the climax for each I won't say feed into each other. But you can see a through line almost. Okay. And the great fun that I had with this was going back and watching the first episode after having finished and gotten it all. Hmm. It changed a lot of what you see in it suddenly makes sense. And you're like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it is very well done. And it's not nearly as... As well, wasn't nearly as well received or praised as it should have gotten, honestly, because it's a hard thing to get into. You're constantly jumping between between three timelines. 
I mean, that that always can be a hard thing to do when you're jumping back and forth because obviously you're trying to keep everything straight and characters, uh, especially if the storyline is incredibly similar, like there's a lot of the themes are similar to each other. Oh yeah, I know. Um, it, it can be incredibly hard to do. That's one of the things that I loved about Cloud Atlas, and that's why I brought it up. I saw Cloud Atlas six times when it was in theaters. It's a, over a three-hour movie. Yeah, I I would not be <laughs> I surprised. I once. I would not be surprised if you love this because it's got it's got two great things that you love about it. It's got the whole gangster feel, and it's got that. It's such an interesting and seemingly complex uh, plot that just twists around everything. It's sounds yeah totally my cup of tea. I'm down. Oh yeah. You could there. Uh, I know someone who, ha, who I think has the DVD that you can ask. Awesome! I'll definitely have to check that out for me then. Yeah. yeah. So, Devin, you want to go? Mine. I'm actually going. So, throughout my life, I've always watched TV, but this is the first one that I know. I went. This is amazing because it's a continuous story, and whereas you have three different timelines, mine is literally one unbroken timeline. <laughs> At least for the first season. And then the second season's one unbroken timeline. And the third season, fourth and fifth, and I think it goes to six or seven. So hang on, every episode starts off where the last one immediately ended? Yes. 24. Literally. It is a day. 24 episodes in a season. One hour is one hour. Oh. Literally, including commercial breaks. Is that what the whole big thing about That's it was? That's what 24 is. Uh, starring Kiefer Sutherland as Jack Bauer. It uh, started in 2001. And this is one where I bought the first D- first season on DVD and watched it in one basic shotgun sitting. I dove into this one. And it is a, about a CTU agent, a counter-terrorist unit, who I believe the first season was his daughter getting kidnapped. I want to say, remember yeah, correctly, something remember. like that. It's like a better taken. Um, and Taken 1 is good, but this is just a better version of Taken. And it's him trying to get her back. And it literally is second for second with the day. That's pretty cool. Including act, or including commercial breaks. I'll, I'll note that because it starts at, say, noon. And then the first episode will end with doon, 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 one o'clock. The next one, the events the the events in this episode occur in real time. One o'clock. One, two. And then they continue the, the episode. It That's... is literally 60 minutes exactly. In, and that takes into account the random ass ad breaks. It is I this is one of those few eps, few seasons of TV that I actually watch. My dad and I would watch it every time it's on. I think it was on Tuesdays or something. We'd watch it every single week. We would actually time it. Like, we'd start stopwatches at the exact time the episode starts. And it would go. And we would end up... It would ding in an hour almost exactly at the time. Every single episode. And the show itself was just phenomenal. It's tense. And, I mean, it's 24 hours a dude not sleeping for 24 hours. And when the first season is 24 hours and the second season starts at that exact moment where the first let up and he still doesn't sleep, yeah, okay, there's the problem. He never sleeps. Nobody ever goes to the bathroom. Nobody ever eats. You know, eh, whatever. 
Yeah, one day you can understand that because yeah. things happen. But the amount that takes place in this extremely limited format um, and over the course of one day is just unbelievable. And it is absolutely brilliant. It is one of the best made TV shows I have ever seen. Hmm. And it's on Fox or whatever it was on. Yeah, something like that. I think it was Fox. Yeah. <laughs> other than... I think all three of mine that I really want to talk about are shows that were on actual actual TV and not streaming. And that's unbelievable to me because this is one yeah. that I watched every week as like my... I have to watch this on Tuesday night. Who's your big event? Uh, one is definitely every Wednesday or Thursday night because they switched it. And one is every Sunday night. Like, they were my things I had to watch. That was my newsroom. Yeah. Newsroom yeah. was mine because it was also on the same night as, uh, I think it was True Blood. Yep. And True Blood's one that I would love to talk about, but it, it yeah, just, just, it's it not just a didn't mic. hit the same level as something like 24. Yeah. 24 is just... And the later seasons kind of like okay, it's a twenty-four episode long season. Let's let's go. But every episode, it's like it just builds and builds and builds and builds until something big, and then that something big doesn't let up. It kind of just keeps building, and it's just I don't know how they crafted that story. Hmm. It's so well done. But yeah, twenty-four. If you haven't watched it, check out the first season. My personal favorite, I think, is the third or fourth season where they. Where there's a, a whole nuclear bomb that may or may not go off, I think in Los Angeles, I think it's fourth season. Wow. But, okay. But those are just so powerful, so impactful, and maybe maybe I'll give it a shot. Stuff that happened early in the seasons comes in later in the same season because it's the same day, and like a person will go, "I have to go and lay down," and this character that they just have for one episode will come back six hours later, like hyper and like ready to do something. And like, or they they are not afraid to kill characters. It's one of one of the things about my my things here is they're not afraid to kill characters. <laughs> and this is one where they bring in a big main character and they shoot him in the first like couple of scenes. It's like, oh wow. Well, I expected that to last longer. And like, I don't know. It's just one of those shows that's just. Absolutely I, might, I might give it a shot. Sutherland's kind of hit and miss with me. This is the first time I really saw him in anything, and he's never lived up to it. Like, Lost Boys, eh. Uh, designated Survivor, I'm not a huge fan of, but this was just... Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. You rotten bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is just made for him. It was perfect. Dennis Haysbert, who I've already mentioned. And well, Jack Bauer interrogation is a... <laughs> yeah, Jack Bauer torturing criminals is a thing, and you see it in real time. Oh, boy. That's it. It became a thing, especially second, third, fourth, se fourth seasons. But when you, when it's I torture this guy or millions of people in Los Angeles die. Sure, it works. <laughs> and when they cut from a commercial break and come back and he's still torturing them, it's like man, he just tortured him for like ten minutes straight. All right, so that's how they get away with it. They do it during the commercial breaks. Yeah, and it'd be like, I had to watch an ad for Charmin. I felt about the same as this dude feels. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love 24. My ass is chapped. It's one that <laughs> I I wished the kind of reboot series they tried, or 24 Reforged, or whatever it was, was good, but it wasn't. I didn't I didn't make it past the first episode. Surprising. No right. way. When they replace uh, Kiefer Sutherland, it just doesn't have the same effect. No. So, but... 
you're in for a really tense, really, really well structured series. Twenty four is phenomenal. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, from there, does anyone have like a thing they need to talk about? Need, uh, need. I mean, like, I have a couple more that I'd love to bring up. Cool. Um, basically that. Though, you know what? I think I'll go, and I think I'll bring us down from the uh, hypertension of terrorist action. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about Wolf and Spice. I have seen some of this. Is everything nice? I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised that you've seen any of both of those. That was one that I like watched out of curiosity when I was watching like a bunch of again when I was just like shotgunning a whole bunch of other things. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, you know, and then kind of jumped off. And it's it's funny. Wolf and Spice is the the phone case for Jenny's phone, I believe. I think so, yeah. I believe she is has a Wolf it? and Spice, uh, either keychain or her phone. Yeah, she might have. I never noticed. Hmm. Wolf and Spice is basically about, it's set in essentially medieval times. Okay. I'm Me- already intrigued. It is about medieval economics. Interesting. Hmm. Yes. You follow a traveling merchant and a goddess-given form, a harvest goddess yeah. called Holo. I have seen a little of this. Okay. Okay. The oh. end goal that they do work towards is about getting Holo towards to the north Ooh. to find out what happened to the rest of her people. Okay. And every episode, and there's a lot of overarching stuff, is about merchant dealings. I mean, it's the and vehicle economics. for progression. So. Yeah, and economics. And it is... I have never been so interested in medieval economics than I have been watching this show because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily dump on you and it's not dry as hell. It's very interesting. It's if you want to think about it in a good way, it's basically a giant extended gambling anime. Okay, I was gonna say, is it very much like a giant anime about Sheriff of Nottingham? The the board game? Yeah. That's actually that's actually not a horrible way of thinking about it. Okay, I'm not trying to think of what the gambling anime was that came out not too long ago. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? It was the relatively new one that is about the the classroom or something where they're taught to gamble and oh the shit one then yeah the more they gamble the the more they succeed or something. But there's no actual stakes for that's losing. Like that. Yeah, the shit one. No, yeah, this takes. I, I actually have heard of that one. Yeah, this one has what would happen if you, what something, what a traveling merchant would have to go through to actually make a living and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> with the whole overarching thing of what is a harvest, what is this harvest goddess, what happened to her people and all that sort of stuff. It's also a romance. Okay, I mean, that's pretty cool. And what intrigues me about this even more is the fact that normally the romance thing's not really your bag. Oh, no, this is sweet. And you are bringing this one up. So I'm like, this is, if this is something that you're, like, totally on board with, and, like, even you're saying that that's cool, like, now I'm really intrigued. Because the guy whose name I can't remember for the life of me, and that's gonna bug me, is, is like, he's, like, a mid-late 20s a guy who's very, who, you know, that standoffish kind of loner type thing. And Hollow is Lawrence. Lawrence, thank you. Yeah, yeah and Hollow is basically 
She's a wolf. She's a trickster goddess. Oh god. She's okay. very she's very teasing and very it's I will show you a scene after this that okay. just encapsulates that that woman. Fair. And she is the best. She is easily the best thing about it. The other thing is the fact that it's a very mutual relationship. Okay. There is a respect and they are both intelligent in their own ways. Okay. It is it is a wonderful series. If only it got a season three. It it's adapted from a light novel. As a lot of ten, a lot of anime tends to be, and the first two seasons of the anime, there's two seasons of the anime out, and it ends at a point, bef- and they never got it. Ends at a very climactic point, and they never got another season to get deeper into the light novel stuff. That's always unfortunate when you... It is. But what is there finish. is definitely worth the watch. Okay. So, um, are you just a real big fan of J. Michael Tatum? Yes. Because he is both Isaac Dion, or Dion, in Bacchano, and Lawrence in Spice and Wolf. He also plays prominent roles in two others, I, two others on here. Because, yeah, I just noticed that a whole lot of the cast... <laughs> Oh, anime so voices, I, yeah. I, anime voices are very strict. It's very uh, insular. Two others that he that, that uh, Tatum is in that I know are on there are Steinsgate and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Also, he played the Butler, uh, Sebastian, and Black Butler. I have not seen Black Butler. He played Irwin in Attack on Titan, and he's also Tenya Ida in My Hero Academia. He is Ida. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah Tatum's so, a, he's been around the block. He but. is a great voice actor, and if I bring up, uh, I will bring up who he is in either Steinsgate or Brotherhood, if and when I get to those, because right. he is phenomenal in his role. He's a great voice actor. Yeah, right. I, yeah I just I'm, realized that I'm like, wow, I find that hilarious, and the fact that he's Lawrence. Yep, he's he, Lawrence, and he's Isaac. Isaac, yeah. yeah, that actually that makes me. Isaac is great. He, I love every single one of his characters. Oh my god! I just realized that. That's funny. That that is. Uh, Tom, did you want to take us to either another fluffy place or somewhere hellish? Uh, so this is going to be a bit more hellish. Um, and uh, oh, am I the fluffy one? <laughs> right. Uh, mine is uh, Penny Dreadful. All right. I've heard of this. So this is a series that takes place during the gothic era of history so you're looking um like late victorian victorian yeah yeah. uh in where steampunk tends to tends to like in yeah england i don't think it's so much london proper i don't really remember i've seen the first season of it yeah Um, it's essex (laughs) i absolutely love the first season i'm not really sure why i haven't just dove in and watched the rest of the right and it, it combines um, all of the characters from the old actual, pe- what they were called, Penny Dreadfuls. And so you have Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman. Nope, not what I was thinking. Uh, I mean, you have That's what I was thinking. witches, you have... Tom Sawyer in there? Who's, uh... No. What's his name? Um, uh, Justin, or whatever. He's the Wolfman? No. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I'll I'll think of the name. Okay. Josh Hartnett. Yes. He's the Wolfman. Oh, okay. He's also he's an American. 
Yeah. yeah, he's a gunslinger or something. Yeah, they actually go into like this Native American lore that he's escaping his father. Oh, is this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Kind of. Much. Um, it's so, a better version. Oh, yeah, so... I liked League, but it's a better version. It's right, so this one, it, it's really cool in the fact that it's an alternate take on all of the stories that we've all kind of grown up with, with the classic monsters of cinema. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, from literature. Monsters. and from literature. Uh, the only ones that you don't really get are, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, you get, like, a reference or two. Uh, I mean, we even have Dorian Gray in here. Really? Yeah. I love the, the myth of Dorian Gray. It's yeah. such a cool story. That book is amazing. So, And you have The Bride of Frankenstein. So, that whole storyline. So, <laughs> Frankenstein is that wonderful, coked-out doctor... Who I remember the reveal that he has multiple um, people. Yeah, his protean man, complete and total fuck up. Sorry for the language, but whatever. Complete and total, voice. Com- complete and total like screw up on his part. And then he creates this other guy, the monster, and the monster's just like, mm, I don't like this. Make me a bride. I'm tired of being alone. Picks out a girl. She goes, nope, forget you. Hey, Dorian Gray, how you doing? <laughs> because Dorian Gray is a sadistic bastard and loves to see people go through pain because he doesn't. That is very accurate. And she, when she was alive, was suffering from tuberculosis and was a whore. Wow. Well, okay. And so all that pain that she went through, she wants to inflict it on others. While living that decadent lifestyle that Dorian's living. Sadist! Yes! And I'm like, oh my god. Uh, the whole thing, the architecture, the the feel, the grittiness of it, that whole gothic era thing, they nail it right on the head. The story is dark, and there's suspense, and just that edge of horror without it being like too much. Without without the gornography sort of stuff. Basically, yeah. I don't know why though. Whenever you whenever I hear Penny Dreadful, I immediately think the plot of Faulty Towers. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> but that's what that's what popped in my head. And so when you started describing, it's like, oh no, I'm wrong. Yeah, and the cool thing is, it's like, so I missed out on the first season of this mm-hmm. when it was first on TV. I caught up on it, and then season two was coming out, and I was like. Oh man, this is great! I actually have this channel. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna watch it. Which channel was this? Oh, uh, this was Showtime. Showtime. Yep. So I, I got out there. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." Every week I watched it. Season three came out. Every week I watched it, and then I'm like, "Hey, where's season four? See, see, season four. See, oh, that was never season four. Nope. <laughs> oh, I pulled a, sp- uh, a wolf in spice. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and the worst part is, is like, it just leaves you on this cliffhanger. You're like. But you could have ended this. It sounds exactly like Wolf and Spice because, I mean, and yeah. it's like following up on the last character that they haven't done the backstory for. Oh, that does suck. Yeah, and it's Josh Hartnett's character. Yeah, the one that I've been waiting all this time to do because he's like one of the main driving forces in the show. Ah, that's what that's when you've gone too far in your mystery when it's like, yeah, should we tell him the story? Nah. Yep. And they're just like, but you made it all the way back to America. Why? 
Oh, I hate you guys. So when did this come out, out of curiosity? Uh, Penny Dreadful came out in... Uh, 2004, or 2014. Wow, that's... 2014, 2015, 2016. So the thing he's not mentioned so far is the main character of the show. Oh, yes, uh, my, 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 my lady, Vanessa Ives. Yeah. Uh, Eva Green. Yeah. <sighs> uh-huh. The second he started getting stuttery, I was like, oh. Don't worry. Oh. It's on, uh, Showtime, so those that are, uh, just looking to see Eva Green, well, you get it. Yeah, so. but only in a couple of episodes and not really until season two. Her tatas. Yes. A little bit more I'm than also that, but... going to point out that there's a, a show coming up called City of Angels, which is a spinoff of Penny Dreadful. <gasps> oh, I have not heard of this. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. It's series oh. inspired by Penny Dreadful set in 1938 Los Angeles, exploring the myths of supernatural and reality with characters connected to the saint, the deity Santa Muerte and the devil. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, and then in uh, Murray, um, which was uh, the father of, um, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, um, it, oh, God, I'm sorry. Mina. Mi- yeah, yeah, Mina um, Harker. Harker, yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised I guessed right. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mina, Mina Harker. Harker. She's the father of Mina Harker. Or he's the father of Mina Harker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Evergreen's still on the mind. Uh, and uh, and Evergreen is her character is actually childhood friends with Mina. Okay, cool. And that's and she's like into witchcraft and all that stuff. So <laughs> right. So like she's helping hunt down Dracula. This actually sounds really interesting. It's it's it is a really good show. It's very uh, well done. I should finish it. Or catch up on it, because it's not done. Yeah, you should. You it's should. not that they have another season coming out, it's just it's But you should done. get caught up to where it's... it's incomplete. Yeah, to where it left off. It's okay, I'm, I watch uh, Aaron Sorkin shows, I know about incomplete. Right. Also Joss Whedon. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. So I guess that hasn't been brought up. I'm going to jump into the only one of this round that has a complete series. Oh, boy. And I'm going to jump into the one that is... We've all dropped up bombs except me, so the biggest mind fuck of them all. What's that? Lost. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, I yeah. I never got into the Lost hype. I the one that I could never finish. Lost. So much like twenty four, did not watch this when it was first on TV. Bought the DVD, watched the first episode, went, okay, I'm gonna love this show. Sat down and shotgun the rest of the season within the day and a half, much like I did with 24. <laughs> There's a running theme with all three of the ones that I want to talk about that I've done this. <laughs> but Lost is one of those shows that gets a bad rap now because people who didn't watch the show watched the ending and didn't get it. So I haven't Wait, gotten into the ending, but that's okay. I already know about it because it was spoiled for me. Thanks, college people. Yeah. But if you haven't watched the rest of it, how are you ever going to get the ending? The same thing happened with Game of Thrones. I Game of Thrones is not on my list. It should be, but it's not. Um, a lot of people heard the hype for Lost. And were like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. I could just jump in and watch it, like every other sitcom ever. And they jumped in and started watching it and went, I have no idea what I'm doing. I hate this show. I don't get it. And that's why the third season is not well-liked. 
I was one that I watched the first season and full like, oh my god, I love the show. Give me more. And started researching everything about the show. And like, there's so many hidden elements of the show. Like, there are passing references to what's happening in the background. And the back, you get backstories of every character. Each episode does have an episodic nature of having different character backstories, like flashbacks. And at the first couple of seasons, flashbacks aren't all that important. Then you all of a sudden realize in season three, all of those flashbacks have been important. Yep. Moving forward, every single scene fills in a hole somewhere. There's a gap missing. Damn well sure that somewhere in this show, that gap has been accounted for. Yes. Everything in the show is important, leading all the way up to the final season, where if you missed the previous seasons, this this final season is going to be confusing. <laughs> That there is just so much going on in the show that it could be hyper confusing. I, I the only thing I remember is something about aliens. <laughs> Not at all. That I could that I'm misremembering. Uh, oh, that was Lost in Space. Sorry, yeah, Lost in yeah, Space. That's, that's dumb. No, a different that's, show. That is very much just like Danger Will Robinson. Yeah, Lost in Space, episodic as hell. Star yes. Trek, episodic as hell. Yeah. Um, Lost. It's about a bunch of survivors that are on an island. And the island is not right. And that's the that's the overall concept. There's your promise. You delve into how do they get to the island? Were these 118 survivors of were the 83 survivors of Oceanic Flight 118? Did they somehow end up on this island on purpose? Did someone bring them here? And as it gets going, you find that the island, there's other things going on in the island. There's other people on the island. The others. The other part of the ship that broke off lands in a different part of the island. Yeah, a different part of the plane. The yeah. tail section. Yep. Then you learn that there are people that predate the 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 others on the island that yep. are the ones that are, like, battling for control of this island. And it's just like, holy crap. And then you realize that there is, when eventually people do get off the island... You realize that they got off the island by the end of one of the episodes saying, we have to go back, and everyone's still on the island. And you're like, what? <laughs> Whoa, wait. And then, like, there's all of this other stuff going on. And it's just, it is one of the, again, like 24, it is just such a brilliantly written show. Yes. That this throwaway thing in, like, season two becomes a plot point in season five. Like, there is all of these things, and it's it's obvious that Damon Lindelof, Carlton Cuse, and J.J. Abrams knew what they were doing from the beginning of the show. Yep. They just didn't think they were going to go as big and as just crazy as the show went on. So when you get into there is some time travel elements later in the series yes. that when you know what the island is and what it can do, you realize that makes perfect sense. It's just if you don't know what's going on in the island because you haven't really been paying attention for the previous seasons. It makes no sense and a whole lot of people you dropped can't be lost. Whole, oh yeah. And yeah, they lost me in season five. And they definitely hit a point where they do not explain it to you anymore. They stop trying to explain stuff to you. But if you kind of actually like investigate what's going on, like why is this here? And you're like kind of logically think about it, you're like, oh 
that's what's going on. That's why this giant wheel that is dislodged from time and time and space sent him here. Yep. That's why there's a damn polar bear in the first episode, because he lands in the Arctic. Wait. And nope. there's all this crazy stuff and like yep. scientific based dish stuff that start popping up in the show. Especially when they start like delving into stuff later in the series. And it's just one of these that I was in film school in the final season of this, and all of my film friends were like gushing about this as well. So we dove in and like ground our way through what's going on in the final season. And the finale happened, and we're all like, this is awesome. And then everyone started hating on it. And we're like, what? How? What what was wrong with it? It wasn't it didn't give you enough it didn't give you answers, but you don't need answers. Right. This Pay was attention. such a water cooler show. Yeah. That it wasn't even funny. Like and I'm not sure because I haven't done the research on like um their uh diaries and stuff like that, that they made for the show. But God, the the Bible for this yeah. every show has especially show Bibles, yeah. Continual continual shows like this have, have show Bibles. Yeah. That is this is the this is the the where we're going, this is the future, and they're ones that are only given to potential producers. Yeah. And that's it. Or they're given to the writer's room and that's it. It never leaves the room until the show is over. Yeah. The Bible for Lost is insane. And the new stuff. Yeah. For this one, I'm pretty sure that even if it wasn't intended initially, it became a constant thing that it was almost meant for people to discuss, and as they discussed things, somebody would catch something that somebody else didn't, and they would discuss it, and then they'd draw their own conclusions yeah. and go, oh my god, that's brilliant! And there'd yeah. be like these light bulb flashes. Yeah, and in watching this with, this is another one, every single week, watch with my dad. Yep. We absolutely love this show. Um, and then I started watching it with my film friends as well, and they were all just, oh my god. Like, did you notice this? And I'm like, no. What? Yeah, so... <laughs> and I didn't crossovers and backstory and just everything. Much like Harry Potter, I didn't get into this one until season three was finished. And it was between season three and four. And I was working with uh, some people and they were, like, talking about it constantly. And I got talking to the one guy. And he's like, oh, you haven't seen the show? No, I haven't. He goes, okay, no problem. Here, here's the DVD. You should watch it. I'm like, okay. I watched it. I'm like, 100% in. And I shotgunned it. Uh, in like three days. Um, and then I give it back to him. He goes, you're done with it already? I'm like, yeah. Do you have the others? He goes, oh yeah, here you go. And, and I did the same thing. Same thing with season three. As soon as you got it, I shotgun through that. I was like, when's season four coming? He goes, oh, like two months. I'm like, okay, <laughs> and you're like, cool. Oh. And it's going to play out over the course of like five months. And you're like, oh. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I can bear through this. Yeah. And I got through it. And then... I went to I went away to school right after season four, going into season five, and I started watching the show. And I'm like, I can't keep up with this and school right now, so it lost me halfway through season five. I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. Yeah. And ever since then, I've tried going back and watching it, and then I get to the same point, and then I'm just like, I I, I just can't know what's this. going on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I it's been so long. I can't finish this right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one that I've. I have gone and rewatched it, and I get about midway through season three, and I'm like, 
okay, there's a little love here. There's a, a little slowdown, and I'm like, okay, I don't really care about Mr. Echo's drug kingpin brother. Right. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next plot line. And But then every episode kind of has that episodic element of there's new plot lines. It's just always pushing forward. And yep. it's one of those that I got really into. I have all the art books and all the behind the scenes, and I love it, but wow, is that a daunting task to take that series on. Much like 24, having to, there's a lot of episodes, whereas something like Mindhunter, there's only 20 episodes total. Yep. And it's been two seasons, license is synced. That's where ep- or network TV like this, not for everybody. It, 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 it is drawn out. It is. Yep. There's some episodes where you're just like, yeah, I could skip the episode with, with you know, Xerxes. And he's in one episode and then it's just gone. Yep. Um, I could skip that episode. I don't care about Nikki and Paolo. I don't care about, you know, all this. But then there's, you get the episodes like The Walkabout. And the, don't ever, so don't ever tell me what I can't do ever. And all that kind of stuff. John and, the, and then the reveals of like how he lo- lost his um, walk, how he lost his ability to walk. And the fact that he's been walking on the island yep. the entire time and in the first episode the first thing you see him do is look, look down and wiggling legs. wiggling his toes like that's such a subtle little thing that you just don't get and i don't know it's just there's so much in that show that's you know i can't recommend it enough but fantastic show it was on my list just not it is a lot to get through yeah there's so much content so much going on that you yeah. by you by the time you get to the end of the show you're if you shot, try shotgunning it, you're going to deal with some major watch fatigue. Yeah. Watch the first episode. It is the best pilot of any show I've ever watched. Watch it. If you like it, keep going. Try not to die out, but it is great. Yeah. So. Pace yourself. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, sticking with the TV shows that have gone multiple seasons and completed their entire story arc. And are on network TV. I feel like there's a dick at us. No, I've got... No, I'm just... My next one is going to be complete. Yeah. My first one was complete. Last two. My my first one was complete. Newsroom was complete, so... Yeah, Yeah, that was actually complete. But, um... Next one. If you've heard of any serial TV show of the past ten years that's not Game of Thrones, this is probably the one you're thinking of. Um, it's a continuing story. It goes from a, a nice man to an absolute bastard drug kingpin. Oh, oh yeah. and yeah, it is. It is one of those shows again. I watched every Sunday night with my dad. Better Call Saul. Whole hell of a lot better, but Breaking Bad. It is one of those shows that the moment I watched the first episode, I'm like, okay. I mean, I've heard this is good, but it was okay. It took about four episodes, and all. then he kills a guy in his basement. I'm like, I am going to love this show. And it never <laughs> gave up. It never disappointed me. It never disappointed me. It, it went and just kept going. And other than Vince Gilligan ruining an episode for me, thank you, Vince Gilligan, um, I have... There is nothing I can say bad about Breaking Bad. It it is one of those shows. Uh, it's about a it's about a guy who gets uh, diagnosed with cancer. He doesn't have the money to pay for bills, 
So he he's kind of trying to figure it out, and he goes on a drive along with his DEA agent brother in law, <laughs> and they point out and they like wow. break down or they break into a, a meth lab, and they pull out all the money, and there's like a table full of money. It's like is that is that normally the amount of money they get? Oh no, man, that's that's just like two days. And all of a sudden, that light switch. Interesting. He goes, I'm a chemist. <laughs> I need money. I can cook meth and get that much money, and I won't need money. And then we're out. And yep. The he, best of intentions. He starts with good intentions. He just wants to help his family. And then he gets corrupted. <laughs> and it, he just keeps going and going and just... Darker and darker. He lets people die. He kills people. He he cons people out. He constantly is lying to his wife and putting them potentially in harm's way and only thinking about himself now. And it's it just digs deeper and deeper. And usually I don't like those kind of stories that they just dig deeper and deeper. But this one is... It is... Oh my God, is it good. Brian Cranston is... Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. The Absolutely. Biggest thing, the biggest thing I remember from the run of Breaking Bad is when everybody would, whenever anyone who hadn't heard about of it would would hear about it, it's like, wait, the guy from Malcolm in the Middle? Imagine if Hell <laughs> from Malcolm in the Middle got diagnosed with cancer and then really needed to make money, <laughs> but I think he was competent. <laughs> I think there's a joke about that in like an oh, alternate yeah. end shot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, this is hell, hell if he has snapped. And like, it doesn't take long for him to kind of succumb to that dark side, but when he pulls out a machine gun and just mows down people, or he comes out of nowhere and just nails a guy with a with his car, and then walks up, shoots the guy in the head, and then says, run, to a different character, you're like, oh yeah. This dude is terrifying. But this is also the guy that that wanted to disco rollerblade. <laughs> like, it's a great scene. I will not have you diss that scene. <laughs> I, I love, love that scene. scene. But, but like, that's the same dude. Brian Cranston that, has an absolutely incredible ranch. Yeah. Like, I bought him as hell and everything I've seen for Breaking Bad. It's like, yeah. this is the same guy? Yeah, Breaking Bad. Like, I know it's not for everybody. It is... A show that is extremely hard to watch. Some of the chemistry is also a little bullshit. Some of it. Surprisingly, a lot of it's real. And it's like... And they got in trouble because... I said some. Yeah. I said some. A whole lot of the actual chemistry is real. The stuff when it turns it blue? Yeah, it's fake. But a lot of the actual chemistry they show is real. Some of the explosion stuff is also a little... And yeah, dissolving stuff's yeah. a little wonky. Yeah, dis dissolving a body. But at the same time... Oh, that scene. A lot of stuff they get right is surprisingly why. When he walks in and the body that has been decomposing in the in the the tub upstairs collapses into the house. <laughs> and then they go, What what'd you do? Well, yeah, yeah, Mr. Pinkman, I just Yeah, I just, you know, put the body in the tub and poured it in No, no! It will eat right through the tub, you idiot. <laughs> That's why we bought all the all the containers. You know, you need to do it in the containers. And Je uh, Jesse Pinkman gets a lot of crap from the show. Yeah, science, bitch. Uh, but Jesse Pinkman gets a lot of crap for the show. But he's such a brilliant character too. I am looking forward to El Camino. The reason I mentioned El Camino when we were doing our like 
hey, a whole bunch of things. And I had to mention El Camino is it's a follow-up following or like looking for Jesse Pinkman. I'm wondering what they could even do. I have ideas and I have all, I have a lot of faith in uh, Vince Gilligan to not mess this up. I'm not a huge fan of Better Call Saul just because I wasn't a huge fan of Saul as a character. But I love his writing and I love the world. So with Breaking Bad, I gave it not a shot. I got through a season and a half of the show. Yeah. And was just like... I mm, feel bad. I, I want to watch this. I, yeah, I'm like, I can't... But, Brian, what are you doing to me? Why are you so evil? I used to like you, that, and now I hate you. That I like Jesse of, more yeah. than you. That what is, is wrong with this? That's the tip of the iceberg. Like, like, I, I, like, Jesse Pinkman is infinitely a better guy than you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesse Pinkman's this nice, like, ray of sunshine compared to... Right. Just, like, in the first few episodes of the first season, Walter White is a really nice dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he when is. he starts going downhill... Whoa. I remember one of the big ones, just from seeing stuff about it, isn't so much that he actively kills someone, it's that he doesn't save them as a conscious One choice. of the big ones yeah. is Kristen Ritter, who ends up playing uh, Jessica Jones. I could have mentioned all of Marvel there. Uh, Daredevil's a damn good show. But um, she is the druggy, like, Girlfriend, girlfriend. Of, yeah, just I just finished that arc, and that's where I'm like, I left off. I couldn't do it. A anymore. lot of that he literally stands there as she is dying of like choking on her own vomit in like uh, overdosing, yep. and he like is going to help, and then realizes if I don't help, she is gone. She is not a problem anymore, and sits there and watches her die, and it is one of those one of those character moments. Where you fully understand why he did it. Yeah. And you're a little happy that he did it because she's out of the way. But at the same time, you're like, why do I want her gone? Why do I want this character who really hasn't done anything bad in this show? Why do I want her and gone? And again, that's the big thing that the, the way I phrase it is that he didn't set up the situation. He just recognized it and consciously chose not to help her. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, he lied to Jesse Pinkman yeah, until the a, best episode of the entire series called Fly. Oh, yeah. Which was directed by J.J. Abrams. One of the, or not, no, it was directed by, I think, Fincher, the guy who directed, like, Social Network. Mm -hmm. But I could be wrong there. Don't quote me on that. But it's directed by a very popular director. And it is set entirely in a in the kind of industrial meth lab of them trying to find this one single fly that might contaminate their meth. And it's the two of them alone trying to do this, and it's just the dialogue between them. And ultimately, he admits to killing her, and he freaks out on him. Pinkman freaks out of on him. Understandably. Ryan Johnson directed that. Ryan Johnson. There that is. was the one. I'm like, I know it's one known for really good, good like dialogue and all that, but it's it is one of the most like fulfilling and in, almost not really intense even. It's just this like really intriguing when you realize you have two damn good characters, and that is the entire episode. Those are fun. But yeah. The worst part is is we just watched something earlier. 
that was literally them taking part in... Oh, yeah, I was sitting here... It was on your computer earlier, I think, when I first got here. And it was literally them talking about the contaminants. And Jesse's like, who cares? It's meth! <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Very much the ever, man. So, yeah, I, again, I'm not surprised. I've heard... I hear nothing but praise about the show. I just yeah. don't really care. Yeah. yeah. It's episode episode 10 of season 3. I don't mean to, like, have the three big serial dramas of 24 Lost and Breaking Bad, but they are hands down the best TV shows I've ever watched. Fair. And I watch a lot of... I found out I watch a lot of TV, but those three are just, like, head and shoulders above everything, so they deserve all of the praise they get. And Breaking Bad is character study of a character you do not want anything to do, deal with at least after like the fourth episode you just don't want anything to do with him but you also don't want him to fail which is the weirdest feeling of you're cheering the bad guy yeah you're cheering on the bad guy that's doing it for the right reasons but he loses sight of his reasons and that is such a god it's it's such an interesting show it's like the bad guy loses his humanity yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's Breaking Bad. That if you haven't seen it, give it a shot. Not for everybody, but I highly suggest it. Okay, um, so uh, my next one that I wanted to bring up, my final one that I wanted to bring up was uh, Turn, Washington Spies. Never I've kind of mentioned it before. It's an AMC original show. Again, it was one that I came into kind of late. Um, but it's about a Long Island farmer who bands together with a group of uh, childhood friends to form an unlikely group of spies who turned the tide of the American Revolution uh, working for the first spy network for Washington directly. It's spies and it's ancient history. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not ancient history. You know. it's, it's, it's more than 50 years ago. It's ancient history. Hey, you millennial. No. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, it stars Jamie Bell. And, I like Jamie Bell. Uh, that guy. Oh yeah, he's like that guy. Yeah, he played whenever thing in the original. He the looks like a combination of Tom remake. Holland and Jesse Eisenberg. So, it was the remake. Yeah, he was right. not the. He was not. Yeah, like you're right. Close, bro. Sorry, the Shield, another one. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, he looks like a mix of Tom Holland and and Jesse Eisenberg. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weirdest thing. He's a better actor than both. Like I right. like Jesse Eisenberg, but I think. He's ultimately a better actor. Yeah, he plays... His character's name is Abraham Woodhall. Um, and, like, it's actually based off of a book. The And the whole series is just fantastic. Uh, it also has uh, James or something McFadden. Um, Angus McFadden. Uh, well, that's, like, the most Irish name ever. Um, Scottish name ever. Scottish. Ever. Angus. Angus McFadden. Angus McFadden. Which Wait, he looks exactly like I thought he'd look to. Yeah, he looks very similar to uh oh crap, who's the guy who plays Crowley in Supernatural? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark something. Uh, Mark well, uh, he Mark played, he yeah. played Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. <laughs> and he also played DuPont in uh Equilibrium. Yeah. He he looks like Mark yeah. Shepard's brother. Yeah. yeah. It also has JJ Field in the show and uh Kevin McNally. I like JJ Field, but I just think Tom Hiddleston wherever I look at him. Uh, if for those of you who don't know who Kevin McNally is, he was Gibbs in the uh, Pirates movies. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. fun. Right. 
So the show, it, it really does a good job of showing the time period, showing some of the struggles that people go through or going through at the time, um, including at, at some at one point they have come to realize that there is a spy in the camp of Washington. And it's because it's a Tory uh, whose wife, or who's the wife of a British, or of a uh, Tory soldier. Uh, yeah. And she's reporting back to him because he's in Howe's army. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's in Howe's camp. So she's giving, she's sending him back information. Piecemeal, back to New York. So it's just it's a giant spiring of set during the American Revolution. Yeah, it's about the first actual spiring that became the basis for what all of our spy stuff came to be. Huh. And J.J. Fields plays the head of the British intelligence for the British Army. Oh wow! Yeah. Up until you know that happens. Then there, or up until he gets killed, um, and then there's also the whole thing going on with Benedict Arnold and his thing going on with him. He got he got royally uh, screwed over, right? And the whole thing was is because he didn't think that he was getting enough uh, of due credit, which he wasn't. Right. Well, he was not paid because you know Congress wasn't paying anybody, which didn't help. But the fact that he took two bullets to the same leg. Within a couple of years, and the caliber of bullets was pretty low back then. Yeah, like, but the falls. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that if you got shot once, you typically lost a leg, uh, and he kept his. And then the second time that he took it, it took him even longer to recover, and he still almost lost the leg. There's also the fact that he got hit at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he rode around on a horse half the time. Yeah, but still, you're more likely to get a bayonet than a, than a bullet. He also believed in going into battle versus standing at the back. Oh, I'm not saying anything against him. I'm saying the fact that he got hit. You're, you're at a... You're talking about a period of time where if someone aimed at you and shot you, it was a miracle. Well, yeah, there was the term, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. Because if you couldn't see the whites of their eyes, you were too far away. You couldn't hit them. <laughs> not unless you were incredibly skilled. And even then, it was luck. Yeah, most of the time, it was bayonets. Yeah, it was a lot of bayonets or cannonballs, um, which not cool. That there's a reason why everybody stood in a giant line and fired at each other. Because <laughs> hopefully, you hit someone. Yeah, yeah, and there's a reason why only like five or six guys went down per volley. Um, <laughs> out of it's always funny to see that. I'm like, why are you people not spread out? Like, spread out a little bit, and they won't be able to shoot you. Because if you spread out, you still couldn't hit... If you spread out, you couldn't hit them, but they couldn't hit you either. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. It also also had a lot to do with the whole uh, rules of war. Yeah. Oh, screw the rules of war. Yeah, it wasn't gentlemanly enough. Yeah, you wouldn't do your nation proud if you you hid behind something like a coward. I'll, I agree, Devin. Very stupid, but that was the if thought process. If you live and you kill the other guy, that's the point, right? Right, but that back but there's then... there's no honor in that. But back then there was, like, matter. gentlemanly protocol. The person's dead. Who cares about honor? Uh, well, again, again, I'm with you, Devin. Yeah. yeah, it was the last remnants of the chivalric code. Go figure. Um, but the cool thing about this that I really enjoyed, too, is the fact that it shows the different techniques they used for cipher... And how they would try to smuggle information in and out, and how they would signal each other, like using invisible ink to go through the permeable shell of an egg 
of a hard-boiled egg, so that way it would show up on the white of the egg on the inside. Okay. Using vinegar. Okay, then. You would uh, paint on vinegar, and then you would heat it over a candle, and then uh, it didn't show up on the outside of the shell, but when you crack the shell open, it's on the white of the egg, what you just wrote. Well, that's a little thing I want to try. Someone had way too much goddamn time on their hands. That's what they did back then. Uh, if not, they also invent, uh, had a version of invisible ink back then. Uh, and then they would also use um, a piece of tin or um, uh, copper that they would have pieces of just random boxes cut out. And they would put that over a thing. And the person would write out a, a full letter that would be right on there and whatever words were highlighted in those boxes was the actual message that they were trying to send. So where, I guess the thing is how uh, it's finished? Is it oh, yeah, it's a complete season. It went um, a total of four seasons. Yeah, four seasons. From where to where, I guess? Um, it goes from the pilot taking place uh, the dawn of the revolution um, and it takes place in Setauket, Long Island. Okay. Um, and it goes all the way up to, um, literally the end of the war and everybody, everything being wrapped up and the fallout from the spy stuff, from the spy stuff. Because the problem is, is as a spy, they weren't officially on the books by actual name. They were on there as a number in a book that had like Culpepper 157, so-and-so 158. And they were referred to by number instead of name. Because if they referred to them as anything else, people would know. I am Agent 47. <laughs> You're also a bald dude with a bark on the back of your head. Good job there, spy. Right, but they, cause they could... white, too. But they could write about whatever and just write a number, and they'd be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Anybody who didn't know would not know what the thing is. So then how do you... Afterwards, how do you kind of... Well, the people within the spy ring actually had a what they called their Bible. And it was a book of all the different names and oh my God. stuff by number. And if they didn't have that, they had to have it memorized. And so it's literally him sitting around the table with Washington there and all of the people that survived everything. And they're having a Just going thing in Setauket saying, hey, congratulations, great job on what you did. Thank you, everybody, for doing this. Couldn't have done it without you. And at, finally, after like the meal's kind of starting to die down... Culpepper or uh, Abraham Woodhull stands up and goes, look, this is all well and good, but I need to be paid for the farm that got burned down because of you, the crops that I lost because of you, my father being killed because of you, uh, like all the stuff that I gave up and sacrificed for the war effort and for us to win. I need to be paid now. Here's my receipt of what you owe. And they're all like, well, this isn't the time or place. Talmadge, who's like the next in command, like the head of the spy ring at this point, uh, for Washington goes, not the time or place, we'll take care of it. And he goes, no, it's now or never. Either you do this or there's going to be hell to pay. And Washington goes, everybody leave. I need to speak with Woodhull. And then he ends up paying him out of his own pocket. He's like, Congress is never going to approve this. Here's the money. Because I own enough stuff I can afford to pay you because Congress doesn't have the money to pay for anything. They're still trying to pay people what they owe, the, like soldiers, what they owe. So, yeah, yeah like it, it's incredible. And the stuff sounds interesting. And they even talk about the Jersey, which is a prison ship, which if you went on there, 
for they more than a couple out. of months, you probably weren't coming off. One of them, Cielo Strong, goes on there and uses another name to get off the boat. And hit, a body is thrown overboard as being dead, and it was the guy's name who took, which was Talmich, which is Benjamin Talmich's brother. And so he was exchanged in the prisoner exchange, and whole mess of shit went down, and you're like, oh my god, this is intense. Uh, I've already crouched Junior. Yeah, like, the junior. the amount of, like, it, it's a great espionage show. Like, legit. And it's in a time period when you wouldn't expect it to be going on. Pretty much. You should check out the first season. It's one of those that I've kind of, it's kind of been on my radar, but just never really got around to it. And the cast is just really, really good. So, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I've uh, seen it. I've actually watched through all four seasons at least three times. <laughs> That's not surprising. Yeah. So. At all. I'm going to finish up this little thing. There's definitely a lot I wish I could have talked about. Face Day Night, Unlimited Blade Works, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood being the top two. They're, just quickly, if you want really pretty looking anime with great messages, those are two to, to look at. Okay. But the one I'm going to talk about is actually Steins Gate. Okay. What's that about? <laughs> it is one of the few media period I've seen do time travel good. Okay. It do time travel good. It do time travel good. <laughs> yeah, 2011 anime. 24, 24 episodes and an epilogue movie, okay. which is well worth the watch. I feel like there's a couple of movies attached to that. The one I know for sure. I don't... Do you know about this one too, Devin? Uh, I've actually seen quite a bit of this, but I've not finished it. I would highly suggest it. It's very good. And again, it also has <laughs> Tatum as a voice. Uh, yep, he plays Rintaro. Rintaro Okarine? Okabe. Okabe. Okabe, yeah, that's right. Oh, hey, Ashley Birch. Uh, <laughs> that is not, that is not, the, no, nice. that is not the, the, the name he chose for, he chose for, to call himself, though. It is, I actually can't remember. I can't remember what he calls himself. It's been a little bit since I've seen it, but... It is basically about a bunch of late teenage or early 20-year-olds figuring out how to time time travel and affect the past. Oh boy, that seems like that's going to lead to a lot of shenanigans. It leads to a lot of shenanigans, and then it leads to a lot of mindfuckery. Oh boy. It, the, first, the first half of the series... Is then screwing around and having the happy, fun slice of life stuff. The second half then takes the very, very, very dark aspect of what would happen if you couldn't save someone, no matter how many times you looped back. What would that actually do to a guy? Yeah. It and the end episodes where it seems it's. I don't want to spoil it because it is. I was ripping my chair when I watched it. It it was based on a visual novel. Okay. And then it got adapted into, I think, the anime first. Yeah, I think so. It later got a manga, but the anime definitely came. And it's... the fir Again, the first half seems... It's very slice of life, very whimsical, all that sort of stuff. Very fun. 
Okay. It's a funny show. Absolutely hilarious. Especially the more you know about geek culture. Especially Akihabara. Basically Otaku Ground Zero. Okay. Yeah, the... Akihabara is like the whole borough of Tokyo that's just nerd culture. It is uh, Otaku tech, Central. Tech Wonderlands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, oh boy. It, yeah, it, if you the more you know about that, the more you might get, but it's not required. Okay. And it... Up until... I think it's episode 15, actually. Not it's sure very... I quite reached the dark point. I don't remember a whole lot about this show. It up until that point, it's it's had a couple dark moments, but it's kind of been shifted to the side. It's like, no, don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to that. Just keep it in the back of your head. And then from end of fifteen onwards, it is one giant stick to the back of the, ca- the main character's head. Oh. It just does not stop smacking the man. And again, it shows what would happen if instead of just Ground's Day where you're, Groundhog's Day where you're just kind of looping and looping and looping, what if you're trying to save someone and you keep failing? You keep watching them die. They keep dying in your arms to the point where the first couple times it basically it almost destroyed you. Now it's just, okay, maybe if I try this, they'll be saved. Where now it's a statistic. Oh gosh. What what will that do to a person? It is break them. It is amazing. And the thing is, <laughs> there is there's now a there's now another series, Steingate's Steinsgate Zero, that takes a split from a place you wouldn't expect the branch to be. And it's I've not finished watching it. But it's a lot more depressing. Oh, and there are points in Steinsgate that are already depressing. I would highly recommend it because the character interactions are phenomenal. Okay. The characters play off each other so well. Especially the two, what I would consider main characters. Uh, which was uh, Rin Soro, although I can never remember. I think I think he calls himself Okabe. I want to okay. say it because it keep, that keeps popping into my head. And Kurosu, okay. who he calls Christina, or Christine. Those two play off of each other so wonderfully well. And it's just hilarious to watch. Hmm. And again, right. there's also, there's also an, because it's a visual novel, there's also kind of an, uh, an element of romance to it. Yeah, as there is. Yeah, and like I said, the epilogue movie... Is I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it necessarily a flip side perspective, but it's it definitely adds on to it. I think. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a very messed up one, and like I said, one of the few pieces of media that I've seen that did time travel not crap. Okay. Okay. From what I remember, I I enjoyed it. It was just kind of one again. I just got lost in the shuffle. I'm surprised you knew anything about any of the ones I've said today. Yeah. I actually watched... A, I went through a period where I just watched tons and tons of anime. It helps that I'm, yeah. I'm grabbing older ones, yeah. as it were. Not so, I've always new. wanted to get into anime, 
my biggest problem is, is there's enough of them out there that people have told me about where I start watching it and the yeah. animation style is the one thing that I can't get around. And I'm like, yeah, nope, nope, not going to watch this. I can't. That, there's um, a couple that I completely understand. It's like, I'll, I'll look at it. It's like, I cannot stand the style of art. I am not watching it. Japanese animation is very much reliant on getting as much done in as little a time as possible. So you end up with a lot of... So an American sitcom, gotcha. Even even more so. Uh, so American soap operas. Even yeah. more so. Holy crap. The writing can be great, but they know that they don't have to have the characters constantly moving. So you'll notice that they freeze for periods when they're not talking or... They'll move to close-up shots where only the mouth and the eyes move. Or if and there's a lot of what there's supposed to be a lot of chaotic action, you'll see you'll see them kind of change every other because they're supposed to be very animated. Like Full Metal Alchemist does that a yeah. lot. They'll move on the twos instead of every frame. They'll move every four frames, and they get into really paring down the amount of frames that they have to animate, and it's very jarring for. People that see like movies like Up and that kind of thing that are every frame is a new frame, or a lot of Disney did this. They they redrew every single frame so it's fluid, and that's what American audience of audiences have been accustomed to. So when you go to anime, it can be sometimes jarring if you don't get something that if you if you get what I would almost call typical fare. Yeah. As opposed to the the higher end stuff, like yeah. like the movie Redline, which is hand animated every single on the, on the frame, yeah, on the one, and you can tell because of how fluid it is. Yeah. Most Studio okay. Ghibli movies are like that too. Studio like, Ghibli, okay. and again, some of the higher end, the the higher end studios like Studio Bones, Madhouse, Jenkins does that. A couple other ones. Yeah, I don't know who did it, but one that was recommended to me that I just couldn't get into was XXXHolics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the animation style, I, I tried watching it. I, I'm not sure. I think that was the same production company as, like, Cardcaptor Sakura and all those. I loved Cardcaptor yeah. Sakura. Like, the, the same animation style? I uh, know, it was slightly different. Different? Okay, it might not yeah, be fine. Theirs was more elongated for their uh, framework and bodies. And there was this weird shading that they had going on for It things. is clamp. Yeah. A lot of clamp has very, very similar animation. And clamp also, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, tends to sometimes head a little bit more towards janky than usual. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like, but... Artistically, they it's a stylistic choice they do, but the janky wrangles. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, well, one that I did like was Real Bouts High School. Really? Yeah. Huh. The idea that there's uh, that fight clubs in high school are like the school sport. Yeah, you know that's that interested me. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can dig it. But yeah, that's fine. I've got, I've got a, I know I've got a couple more on here just yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah, I've got like a, a list. You've got a list. I could easily go for a whole another episode of this and. Probably we, we might could each go for like sometime. another like four or five episodes. Easily. Maybe because yeah. I could I could go I yeah. go over in depth like a Full Metal Alchemist, both the original one and Brotherhood. Yeah. We might and... actually do a whole anime series episode. Okay, I could, like I could totally get into that. It would cause me to sit down and watch some stuff that I've been wanting to watch 
we that could do I haven't prioritized movies, series. Try to get Jenny since she knows a whole lot of those. But yeah, for sure. Because yeah, none of my my anime that made my my top here were even mentioned at all today. Yeah, the two that I so, had on my list. I tried to pay, I tried to I tried to pull a you, <laughs> Devin, in the fact that I tried to go yeah. for a little more obscure ones. Yeah, my top anime is actually being potentially remade into an HBO show by uh, Guillermo del Toro. So, oh, yeah, oh dear. Called Monster, and it is phenomenal. And there's no mo- there's no uh, monsters in it, which is weird for him. But yeah, monsters, monster people. I don't know. The, the, the main bad guy from Pan's Labyrinth wasn't the wasn't the Foss. Oh yeah, well that's uh, kind of in line with this. So, oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Humanity is evil, and that's on my list to watch. By the oh, way, it's such a good but <sighs> yeah. hard to find show. But yeah, we'll probably dive into this topic again because again the. Anime and just Eastern animation in general has a very, very different thought process on cartoons than the West does. Yeah. And I think it's a better thought process, personally. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, again, this is the second one that we did this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Part two. So if you want to see how we thought about movies that came out this week, you know, watch the one from Tuesday or whenever it came out. Uh, we're going to start doing this each week, kind of breaking it up, making it a little bit more palatable. If you have any topics that you want us to cover, or if you have any thoughts about our picks for our favorite serial slash continuing story shows, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we're actually kind of curious. Uh, we'll be going over other ones probably later in a different episode, because we have tons of content we can dive into here that's not, you know, film yeah. particularly. For sure. If us going into non-film topics is a problem for you, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we will see what happens. <laughs> so, as always, for uh, In The Can Podcast, I've been Devin. I'm James. I'm Tom. And we will be back next week with some kind of awesome topic. Check us out at Facebook at ITC Movie Podcast. And remember, as always, get out there and watch movies. All right. Have a nice day, everybody.